and welcome to Indie Book Talk, where we explore the expanding universe of indie books. I'm Emma G. Rose, and I'm here with Rebecca Alette Fincher, who likes to use fiction to influence her gaming and gaming to influence her fiction. So Rebecca, let's start with the getting to know you questions. So what do you write? I write mainly fantasy. I have a novel series that I'm working on. Uh, The first book is published and I'm working through the sequel right now. Uh, And then I also write modules for the game Dungeons and Dragons. So which came first, the fiction or the D&D modules? It started out as fiction. Uh, I actually, the first thing I ever wrote that was like full length was a play, but the gaming came in right after I finished that play. Then I started writing the modules shortly after that, and they kind of just worked cohesively well together. Now, were you always a gamer? Were you one of those kids who, you know, hung out after school playing tabletop games? I was not. No, I actually only started playing tabletop games in the fall of 2016. Oh, so you're a late convert. I am, but I love it. (laughs) What is it about tabletop gaming that you're so interested in? I think what I love most about it is the story aspect, but that you're not just like going through a story like you're reading a book, but you get to make decisions. But then decisions of other people also have an effect on what happens. So kind of collaborative storytelling. Yeah. So for those who are listening who aren't big gamers, and I have to confess, I've played maybe one tabletop game, maybe two in my entire life. So I, I don't know enough about this. Explain to me what what you mean when you say you write a module. So a module is a short storyline that the person who runs the game, the dungeon master or the DM, uses and inserts into their story just to give them something else to do. Like I wrote a murder mystery um, that I just like said, hey, so these are the clues that they find. These are the people they can talk to. If they go do this, this happens that type of thing. And then it just allows them to play the story out. And depending on what the characters do, either they'll find the murderer or the murderer will continue with murderers or. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're writing these modules, you are kind of engaging in this collaborative storytelling with someone who you don't even know. Yes. That's very cool. And where do people get these do you do you sell them online or are they like how does someone access them yeah so i published through the dms guild uh, that's the official place for freelance writers to publish uh, dungeons and dragons content like that okay and are there rule i mean i assume there are rules because dungeons and dragons is an established brand right so right uh, do they vet you or or do you just get to write for them and then they like how does that work um so I write it so it flows with the rules. Um, they have three core books. One is for the dungeon masters. Um, one is for the players. And then the other one is actually just monsters. Um, so I follow the guidelines in those as I write um, using the different stats and stuff. And then I publish through their, through their site Uh, And then that way I don't have to worry about copyright rules or anything because through publishing through that site, I'm in the okay. Okay. And do you get paid for that or is it like you do it because it's fun? Uh, Yeah, I do get paid for it. So 
uh, I get 50% royalties off of what it gets sold for. And I, I set the price, but sometimes they'll put it on sale. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like anywhere else, they you don't always right. have control over what they sell it for. That's very cool. I So there's this kind of creative outlet for people who are playing these games and, and really getting into them that you can write your own stories and then share them with the world in this way. Yes. It sounds too like there's there's a lot of structure. I, I know that, and you just mentioned that there are multiple guidebooks and you're working within those. So how is it different when you go off and write your own novel and there aren't, man, sometimes I wish there were guidebooks. There aren't guidebooks for when you write your own novel. So like, how is that different? The main difference is I don't have to leave it so open-ended. <laughs> yeah. And then the other main difference is I have to create my own rules. So I've created a magic system for the series I'm writing. And I have to be very careful that I follow the rules I've created for that. And so in a way, I guess that's one way that the gaming has helped me is I'm like, okay, I know how magic works in that system. And I I don't copy it at all, but I'm like, I know there are strict rules. I need to follow them. And it actually helps me write better because then you can kind of anticipate what's going to happen um, when the magic is being used. Right. And that, that's a huge thing in fantasy. My fantasy and science fiction group talks about that a lot, where if you create a world with magic in it and you don't have rules, then basically there's no such thing as a problem because there's always magic to fix it. And that's a really boring story. Yeah. So having that that really strong rule structure actually makes for much more interesting stories because it, it adds sort of scope. You, you know, you can't just say, oh, yep, and then he came back from the dead because I magicked him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you can, I'm, but I'm there's very, probably terrible consequences. <laughs> right, yes. I'm very much a fan of hard magic systems versus soft magic systems. Yeah, me too, actually. I, I like to have an idea of what can happen so I know what the real stakes are. So how else has your gaming influenced your novel writing? So it actually helped me get started on my novel writing. Uh, when I when I got into playing tabletop games, I was I was just at the start of my writing career. It was kind of like a side thing that I enjoyed doing. I knew I kind of wanted to go that direction. And when I started playing, I asked my dungeon master, I'm like, hey, is it okay if I like write down our adventures to practice um, my writing skills? And he's like, yeah, sure. Cause he was also an author and he was all for that and helping me out and doing that helped me develop my writing style. And I did that again with another campaign that I actually, I'm actually publishing from that campaign now. Um, got permission from that dungeon master and all my friends playing with me. So it helped me develop my writing style, gave me an outlet to practice that and work through all the kinks. <laughs> and then like, I look back at that first campaign and I just kind of cringe. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, we all do. You look back right. at your early work and you're like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? But then another thing it's really helped me with is character development and like building characters. Because that's a, a big thing in tabletop games is you have a character but you have to know that character well enough to know what they would do that you wouldn't necessarily do. And then, especially as I've started learning more about the game and have started being a dungeon master myself, I know a lot more than my character does. <laughs> and it's helped me It's helped me with that mindset of being the character, be as the author, be as the character, be as the author, and kind of switch between those two. That's really interesting because I think that that is a huge 
struggle for some writers to to separate the difference between what the, the narrator knows, you know, the sort of omniscient mind versus mm-hmm. what their character might know in that moment. And it's funny how those things can sort of seep through or like a character sort of acts like they know something that they shouldn't. Yeah. And it's been, it's been really helpful because even, even in dialogue, um, hopping between characters, I'll like, I'll hop between this character who's just learning about the magic versus this other character who's known about the magic for a long, long time. And just seeing the dynamic between those two and then still knowing everything else that's going on that they don't even know about. There's so many moving pieces, really. And I think it's awesome that you're able to kind of do both of these things that you love and then kind of use them to, to support each other. Tell me a little bit about about the plot of your uh, first novel that you have out. Who, who, who would like to read this book? Uh, so I wrote it with, um, I guess, uh, new adults to like millennial age in mind. Um, mm-hmm. But like high school and up would enjoy it. Uh, Do I have to be a D and D player? No, no, it is totally separate from D and D. It's just fantasy and doesn't really have anything to do with D and D. That's cool because not that I have anything against D and D. I just never really played it, so I feel like I'd be lost if I had to follow along. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be a lot smaller of a market. To <laughs> um, so, what is your kind of basic plot hook? Give me a give me a pitch. Uh, so in this book, it's about two young hunters who are trying to find a way to help their tribe get through a famine. And as they're trying to do that, they fall deep into the earth and have to try to figure out how to get out. Um, but in the meantime, they run into some creatures and some magic and they have to figure out what to do with all of that. So it's like journey to the center of the earth, but then... There's magic there. A little bit, yeah. Did you see that? Okay, what was that show called? You're probably old enough to remember this show. The, there was this show, and like I can't remember what it was called, but the opening scene, and it was on when I was a kid, they were like driving in their Jeep or something, and then they literally fell into a hole in the earth, and then there were dinosaurs and stuff, and they lived down there, and like they built a treehouse. What was that called? I don't know if I know that one. I'm going to pause us for just a minute because I'm going to see if – Shelly can come in with us. Oh, look, here she is. Hey. Hey. So, surprise, listeners. Shelly was able to make it and wasn't lost in the ether. And now she's here. Shelly, can you hear us? All right. So, Shelly's having technical difficulties, but she's trying to join us. She's on the other side of the void. We're calling her in. Shelly. 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 Landed the lost. Land of the Lost. See, I knew you'd know it. I knew you'd know it. It was slea stacks and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I'm a, just a font of trivial knowledge. <laughs> I knew you would know. So, Rebecca, have you ever seen Land of the Lost? I don't think I have. Oh, you should probably go back and watch it. It might give you like inspiration for your next couple of books because there's a few books in this series, right? Yeah, I'm planning on there being five of them. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Now, do they five. go back That's in time or what do they do? Fill me in. Tell me more. Um, So it's actually a whole different planet. Um, In their timeline, they're about 50 years after a dragon war that just kind of devastated the planet. And like they're all in tribal communities at this point. And they're just like trying to get along and survive. 
Um, and they're trying to figure out how to get through this famine. And that's when they fall into the hole is they're trying to find more food. They run into somebody and... Yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> and then things happened. And then things happened. <laughs> <laughs> and how many books have been written already? Um, so one has been published. I'm in the middle of writing the second one right now. Mm. And, and we've done all this talking without actually mentioning the name of the book. So what is the name of your first novel? The name of my novel is Escape from Salmira. Escape from Salmira. Yes. That sounds like a fantasy novel, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. So they're trying to get home. Yes. Um, but in the meantime, they also run into different creatures and they uh, run into this magic system uh, that um, they're like, can we do anything with this? And so they're trying to figure out how to get out, how if how and if they can use the magic. There must be magic in the world they come from, though, right? Because there were dragons. And I think dragons, I definitely think magic. Yes, there, and that is a whole other storyline that comes into play in the second book. Huh? Okay, okay, so we won't spoil that, but there will be exciting things to be seen in the second book. When is the second book supposed to come out? Um, because I'm independently publishing, it, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be, I'm hoping it'll be by November. Um, that's when I published the last one, but we'll see because I've had some life circumstances that have kind of pushed it to the side. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you already know what the next books were all going to be about? You have them all planned out? Yes. Yeah. Some of them are more fleshed out than others, but I, so I, I use the nine point plot dot and I use that to do the plot for my books. And then I decided to do that to plot out the series and it seemed to work pretty well. And I'm excited. So, what is that? Um, I got it from uh, the NaNoWriMo website. Oh, okay. Ah. I hadn't heard of that one. I'd most recently heard of the snowflake method. So now I'm going to have to go look up this nine point plot thing. I like it because it rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> Except that I'm so not a plotter. So like, I never know about these and I'm always fascinated by, by the structures of them and how people can just like take their creativity and structure it into this beautiful thing. And yeah, I, I can't do that. I'm not a planner. No, me so, neither. I like good on you. And and people always make it sound fantastic. And then I try it and I'm like, nope. Yeah, so I'm very much a planner. And it, it's fun because I still, I this particular plotting method, like you kind of just like make the big points and then you get to fill in the rest as you write. Okay. Oh, I might oh. be able to work with that. So, and I might've missed this earlier, so I apologize, but do you use that when you do your D&D games as well to build out your storyline? I should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with with my modules, they're they're kind of small enough that I don't need to do that with it. I just kind of come up with like two or three main points. I'm like, okay, I can build off of that. I run a campaign for my family, and I I'm writing out the story, and I should probably write more of the plot itself because I have some main points, mm -hmm. but I need to come up with more ideas to fill in the in between. Well, it never fails though. No matter what you come up with, they're going to go the other way. Right. <laughs> and that's part of the struggle with D&D &D is your players just might go a totally different way. And you're like, but, but you need to come over here. Okay, have, have fun. I'll figure out what to give you over here. <laughs> so you have to be both a plotter and a pantser because you can plot all you want, but your players might decide, no, nope, yes. we're going over here now. Yes. <laughs>
Yeah, when my husband DMs our games, I can always tell when we've chosen the wrong path because he gives me this look like, really? (laughs) (laughs) That actually brings us kind of to the other side of this. We've already talked about how your um, D&D influences your novels, but how how does your novel writing influence your game writing? Um, so it, it has helped me see a lot more big picture storyline to help me write those modules, especially because modules are, instead of writing a novel, they're more like writing a short story as opposed to like your campaign, which is a whole bunch of modules put together to create a story, the, like a much larger overarching story that's more like a novel. My writing has helped me to it's helped me more with the detail because as I got into like the novel writing, the finer details started showing up more in my module. So are the books you've written based on a game you started running or are they just based on the, the concept of the D&D world? The book I published, Escape from Selmira, is a totally outside concept. It's just it's in the fantasy realm, but it's not D&D related. I do have a serial novel that I publish that is based off of a game that I'm a player in. Mm -hmm. um, And it's first person through the eyes of my character. And so that's been really fun, especially because I don't know where the story is going. (laughs) So you published that just online? Yeah, yeah. I published that on fanfiction.net. Nice. You know, that's that's how Charles Dickens wrote some of his stuff. He didn't always know where he was going either. And his stuff was serialized. <laughs> fanfiction.net. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not at fanfiction.net, though. I, I bet he would have had it existed. But no, I mean, like, he would write, because his work was serialized, he would write, um, you know, a bit at a time. And he didn't always know w- what was going to happen. And I think that's why we have so much Dickensian circumstance where, like, random characters come back because he was like, oh, man, I got to bring this one back. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite authors, um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, wrote Sherlock Holmes, and it was published the same way. It was just a story. I don't remember if it was a week or a month. There were basically riots when he stopped writing. Like, yes. when he killed off Sherlock, the Victorian London went insane. <laughs> the world went insane when you stopped writing. It's like, no, no, bring it back. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> It was so funny because he hated it because he was more of a nonfiction writer. Yeah, I always find it super weird. Like the more you know about Arthur Conan Doyle, the more confusing he becomes. Because like he wrote <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, who's the most like methodical, scientific, I only believe what I see and what I can like logic myself into. And yet Arthur Conan Doyle was a huge spiritualist and mm-hmm. like was totally into the whole wrapping tables and you know, are you with us thing. I feel like we've gotten way off course here. Shelly, do you have any other questions <laughs> before I completely like make this a different podcast? Um, well, no, I just kind of want to, I noticed that you were writing some, um, I guess, I don't know if they're modules, but like books on like various dangerous objects and that kind of thing. Yeah. You have out? Um, so item collections, I have I have four item collections out, and then I recently just published another supplement, D&D supplement that is just a series of notes for DMs to leave around um, for players to find. <laughs> um, and those have been really fun as well. It's, it's definitely different from writing a module. Mm-hmm. But it, one, one of my concepts was, okay, I just want to write something that's like, 
there seems to be no use for this object. Like, this broom shoots fireworks out of the handle. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> I'm sure DM could come up with something to do with that. <laughs> right? Or players. It's like, because at first, we, like, the idea is at first when the players get it, they're like, what are we supposed to do with this? And some players might leave it behind. Some other players might be like, no, we could find a use for this. And um, some people, as they've looked at it, they've been like, oh, no, I could find uses for a lot of these things. I'm like, this is why it's called seemingly useless. <laughs> so with that kind of stuff, I mean, you obviously like building the worlds. So are you, do you feel like you're a really big world builder with the, the book that you're writing, the series? Yes, yes. I'm definitely building this world. And it's been really fun because I'm like, okay. So this land looks like this. This is how the ecology works. Um, like, and then the other part I really have a fun time with is like, what language can I use to base like their their names and their yeah. culture? And see, I'm in awe of someone that can do all that. I I like urban fantasy, so I write that because I can be like, okay, it's like uh, DC but magic. I got this. <laughs> The whole having to like invent new plant life and and whole world concepts that that just I don't know melts my brain. I I'm in awe. As I go along, I might change how I build worlds, but I'm having fun building this one right now. All right, so Rebecca, where can people find you if they want to check out all of the amazing stuff you're doing? Uh, so right now, I'm mainly on Facebook. So they can find me at Rebecca Alette Fincher. Uh, and Alette is E-L-L-E-T-T-E. It's kind of fun. We didn't know this until a couple of years ago, but <laughs> I've always been a big fan of elves. We didn't, my parents didn't even know this. Alette means little elf. Aww. <laughs> I can already see the vision of your website. You, you need a website and it's going to be all like little elf themed and like all of your magic. And oh, it's wonderful. I write fantasy. My name means little elf. Buy my books. <laughs> All right, so listeners, check out Rebecca Alette Little Elf Fincher on <laughs> Facebook. And if you are into D&D, go to the DMs Guild and download her modules and guides and figure out what you can do with her seemingly useless objects. Thanks for being here, Rebecca. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun.